Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnOrangeNation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends where you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at LonghornPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's so glad this is the last trip to Lubbock, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Man, I've driven through lubbock to lubbock it's it's there's no real fun way to get there the, the most fun part about lubbock is leaving um not that the airport's particularly nice but it's you know it's small it's efficient i'll give them that um but yeah it's uh there's not a whole lot i mean prairie dog town is nice i'll give that um you know they have most of your requisite chain restaurants but other than that lubbock is is one of the least interesting places that you could travel that has a college football team like I think I would rather go to Western Kentucky. I think I would rather. Is it Owensboro? I don't know. I don't even know which 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 part of Western Kentucky. Something to find out. Uh, but yeah, I, I just 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 love it, man. It's good riddance. Western Kentucky is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, actually, which I actually hear is beautiful country. It is. It, Kentucky is a gorgeous state. Uh, get out there in horse horse country with the rolling plains. Low key gorgeous. Yeah, I I've been to Lubbock once for I've been to Lubbock twice. Once for a football game, and it happened to be the Crabtree game. So like Yeesh. in my in my advanced age, I can I can appreciate the fact that like I was standing on the sideline for one of the greatest college football games of all time. Um, I can also finally admit that when somebody tried to rush the field, I put a shoulder into him um, so we can just we'll just put that out there it's fine uh, i'm sure that guy is healed up and, and i'm healed up as well took years of therapy it's fine but we're not here to talk about well we are here to talk about texas tech before we jump into that i want to talk about our schedule so i know some of you have reached out to us because we did not have a show uh, last thursday previewing utsa i'm gonna let you in on a little we're gonna let down the hair a little bit um we lost the show the tech gremlins got us. It just happened. We did not. We had some issues with it. I tried and tried and spent uh, more time than I probably should have based upon my day job trying to get this thing ready to go, and it just would not work. So we did not have a UTSA preview. We will be here every Thursday, Lord willing. The creek don't rise, and my computer doesn't eat a podcast uh, again. Again, that should not happen. But. That's what happened. So I apologize to all of you that were looking for us last Thursday, didn't see us. We will be here again Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then Saturdays for your post-game live streams and f- uh, live reactions. Can't get rid of us. We're like It's like a bad penny or something. I don't know, right? They're, they're, what, what else can you not get rid of that you can say on this podcast? Whatever, it's fine. Hemorrhoid. Something you probably picked up in Lubbock. No, let's keep moving. <laughs> so uh, Texas going to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. First road game of the season for Texas after playing their first three in the friendly confines of DKR. Texas Tech is 2-1 and one on the year. A big win over Murray State. Overtime win over Houston in which they rushed the field. And then a, a lot to North Carolina State this last weekend, 27-14. to 14. Joey McGuire has already gone on record saying that he hates the horns down call just as much as we do, so appreciate you being on our side on that one, Joey Mack. But when you think about Texas Tech, 
Maguire's got them going in an, in a new direction. It's a new era. They've got a new coach. They fired their coach midseason last year. First year into Maguire, they had a lot of momentum coming out. And so this would be a massive, massive win for them to start conference play, welcoming Texas in. Another sellout. Most of their sellouts of the last decade have been when Texas is in town. You're welcome. So... This is a big game for a lot of reasons. Texas can use this as another proving ground that Alabama wasn't a fluke, and Texas Tech is going to be up for it because they're always up when, when Texas comes to town. Yeah, Gerald, do you think it's like um, it's Texas fans making the trip to Lubbock that causes it to be a sellout, or it just, you know, it's that they they need it to uh, to properly get up um, or, or get off or get, get to the stadium, I should say. Um, like, they, they need Texas there to really fully... Um, be at full mast is that i mean is is that it could be either I, i'm not sure but it's not a huge stadium you know but uh, half the size of texas is, i'm glad we can help them help them fill it but nonetheless to get real this is a test for texas right it we, first year of a coach sure um but texas is going on the road and we saw last year you know there was in certain circumstances Texas could look great even as a five-win team. In first halves, they looked great. At home, you know, they, they looked better uh, than on the road last year. So it's uh, before I start counting any chickens, I do want to see them go into Lubbock, which I don't know, again, that Lubbock in this iteration is the hardest place in the country to play. It had a reputation for some years in the Leach era, which I understand. Um, but it's still a, a long trip away from home, uh, out into the middle of nowhere, uh, with a rabid fan base who does absolutely despise everything about you that they project onto themselves not being. But, I, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a test. There's no doubt about that. Um, Texas certainly is the more talented team. We're way ahead of schedule with our second year while well, they're in their first year of a new coach. So honestly, it's it's new for both. But but first year is something special. So I, I think Texas has all the advantages. Um, they just have to execute. Right. And so it will be a matter of can the defense continue to, to look good? Is the, you know, is there some does that show travel on the road? Uh, the good defense show that we've seen. Um, and also, you know, can Texas offense use the weapons that they know they have? Um, against a, a tech defense, get some big plays, quiet that crowd, um, and establish themselves early and often. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the big... This Again, this is going to be the only unfriendly confines they've been in this year. And, like, let's... Everybody says, like, it's so weird to play in Lubbock and, like, Texas has routinely won in Lubbock, but the fans do make a difference, right? Jones AT&T is built in such a way where the fans can and do impact the game. And that's one of the only reasons why I respect Texas Tech is that very reason, because that is the stadium is built to be an advantage for them. And so going into Lubbock again, it's a long road trip. It's a weird road trip. Uh, Texas has got to be up for it. The good thing about Texas, though, is defense travels. And the defense has won them the game uh, in at least two weeks and kept them in the game against Alabama. So let's start talking about it, Tech, Kyle. The Texas Tech offense um, is pretty solid. I mean, Tyler Shuck is, has been injured. Donovan Smith stepped in in his stead. Uh, seven, he's completing 70% of his passes, 786 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. The asterisk there, though, is that in the games against Houston and NC State, he has had just three touchdowns and all five of his interceptions came in that game. So there's a um, there's a particular method to uh, turning him over and hopefully Texas can take advantage of the injuries they have and, and um, continue to uh, push that thing. Yeah. And, and the other thing there is they, you know, he's had some sacks in those two games against good defenses. He's a big 
guy, at least a tall kid. He's pretty good size. He is sackable. Um, he's he's mobile and strong both, but he's not going to be nearly as elusive as Bryce or as just quick and, and shifty and slippery as Frank Harris. So th- this will be um, a, a lesser version of that, though he is a bigger kid than both of those quarterbacks. Um, I, I, I do think that either getting pressure on him or baiting him into those throws that can be intercepted. He is a young quarterback and he is uh, a, a player who is susceptible to, to the boneheaded play. I think again, Texas having a savvy defense, having a lot of, uh, a lot of experience on there. I think they will know that and they will have a plan to do exactly those two things. Um, I think, one begets the other, right? Get some pressure, get him, get him off platform, get him scrambling, panicking a little bit, um, and then jump some of those routes. So um, we'll be we'll be curious to see because I think um, though it's not the Tech teams of old where they ran zero times. I think Tech still this year, so far from what we've seen from them, um, probably has more success throwing the ball than running it. They think they want to be more balanced, but I just you know where they are at. Um, and in the, the last two games, especially where they're, they're you know playing from behind, they've thrown the ball a bit. So, uh, you know, I think that's the most dangerous way that Tech can hurt. But this is not Cliff Kingsbury or, you know, any of the other litany of Mike Leach quarterbacks whose names you forget, but who have incredible numbers, BJ Simmons, whoever. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I think you know where Texas needs to attack. I think it's very obvious, and it's just a matter of, you know, Tech knows that too. Um, but can the Texas defense do what they've done at home? and get pressure. Yeah, and I think there, there are a couple caveats there, right? One, Damarian Overshone, his suspension has been upheld because apparently you can't tackle anybody. Uh, like, I'm, I am not the, like... They're they're taking they're making football worse with these rules. Like generally speaking, when the rules are applied correctly, these are all a net positive for player safety and really the longevity of the game. But this rule is definitely not applied um, well, and so uh, Demarvin Overshone will sit out for the first half of this game. The other caveat is that Donovan Smith is six five two thirty, and so it takes a big body to put down a big body. He's the kind of quarterback with he's got some wheels on him. And he's also just a massive kid. And so you've got to be able to securely put him down. It's like the opposite of Frank Harris, where <laughs> Frank, where Frank Harris would kind of squirt out from underneath the tackle. Donovan Smith is that kind of kid that'll just kind of shrug him off. And so you've got to securely put his behind in the dirt for it to be a sack. And again, forcing him into bad throws, forcing him to throw it into tight windows, that's something that Texas has done really, really well over the last several weeks is play good tight man coverage, uh, play good sound coverage, and force quarterbacks to beat you with their throws. And so, again, Texas can hopefully lean on that a little bit, but Donovan Smith in spite of his struggles the last two weeks, is a quarterback with all the skills and tools that can beat you. But I think Texas has an advantage uh, specifically because I hope the pass rush seems to be coming on, right? Ovio Gufo has got it going. Obviously, DeMarvin Overshone is going to be out for a half. Uh, Jalen Ford has been disruptive in the backfield. Texas is going to really love uh, blitzing these corners, and hopefully they can get him off platform and get him to panic a little bit because that's really the the winning uh, argument there. Texas likes to to spread the ball around. They've got uh, four receivers and a running back that are all averaging more than three three receptions a game so there are a lot of options a lot of targets uh, but they don't really have like a dude at receiver that his is his like go-to and a lot of times a quarterback a young quarterback especially he's a sophomore true sophomore 
when they're rattled, they like to have their security blanket. You remember David Thomas and Vince Young, right? When, when Vince Young felt the pressure, you dump it off to David Thomas. David Thomas is going to fall for it for six yards, right? Right now, that's like Jordan Whittington and Jatavian Sanders for whoever the Texas quarterback is or, or the dump off to, to Bijan Robinson, right? So, like, who is going to be that safety valve when Texas inevitably dials up the pressure and tries to get him off platform? Yeah, and, and I mean, we, we had the pleasure of having – I'll be sure on here to preview tech the past couple of years. And, um, you know, he was giddily excited about easy, uh, their, their big receiver the past couple of years, but he's gone. He's in the NFL now. Um, and so the, yeah, I think exactly like you said, Gerald, there isn't one to be scared of, but no, no defender can take a playoff because they will spread the ball around to multiple guys. I think, um, the guy who, who, you know, is is right in the middle. I think in receptions and and yards, neither is the top. But uh, Loic, uh, I believe it's uh, Finoji, is how you say that. Was a guy who they talked about preseason as maybe stepping up and being their, their most dangerous weapon. We'll see. Um, again, could be anyone. Could be the one guy who who has the right matchup or whatever. But I think Texas is talented enough the defensive backfield that none of these guys should have an Xavier worthy type advantage against a defender. I don't think any one of these guys should beat any of our defensive backs one on one you know, fluke or busted coverage, uh, withstanding. We have yet to see significant busted coverages for Texas, which is a, let's be honest, it's been a rarity in, in the last several, several years. And Texas tech, you mentioned it already, their ability to run the ball and move the ball on the ground is something to be, um, regarded and something to, to really be identified. You know, they've only got a 14% stuff rate. They only get stuff 14% of the time. That's a really good number. 3.2 line yards per rush. They're above three. That's good. You want to be you know closer to three and a half, but it's still not bad. Taj Brooks, a guy who, has played a lot of football, 28 carries, 134 yards, four touchdowns. So again, he's averaging somewhere in the range of like nine touches a game, nine carries a game, plus three receptions. He's a high volume guy for that offense. And I, I expect tech is going to use him early and often. And then Sir Roderick Thompson, a guy that Texas fans are really familiar with because <laughs> he should have run out the game two years ago in the infamous throw the horns down when you're up a bunch and then uh, come back and lose it in an overtime game. He's hasn't been as big of a factor this year. And I'm not sure why, because I've always liked his game. I mean, I think he's good at, I feel like Tech does a does a hot hand with their running backs. Again, they don't run enough. I think they have a one A and a one B in these two guys. So it's it's there's there was a game where Sir Roderick was the leading rusher. There was a game where Taj was the leading rusher. And neither of them, again, one's at 134 yards through three games, the other's at 98 through three games. So neither is uh, is is averaging you know a ton. Um, but it, it, you know I think each had a 60 yard game, right? Basically it's, it's who's the guy today that's, you know, either matches up with the Stevens or has the hot hand. I think Sir Roderick Thompson probably will be the guy who runs between the tackles more. And so that's where we look for that Texas defensive line to, to, to be big bodies, right? And to, if you can handle Alabama's offensive line and, and uh, for most of the game handle UTSA's banged up shoddy defensive line, right? Can you handle what's out in tech, which I think should be, somewhere around that same caliber um you know good not great um good right you said the 3.2 line yards per rush a lot of that is floated by the first week of the season when they they ran the ball well um but nonetheless i i think their their line is solid right and so can texas while trying to get pressure on the defense also cover up a place that happened last year getting getting people downfield not setting an edge and you have you have a running back run right behind it and you know then it's on your secondary to make tackles. So um, can those big bodies get a push? Can the linebackers fill, which they had a great game last week? Can they do so again? And um, can we, you know, 
keep the running game, keep the team one-dimensional. Don't let them establish the run, force the young quarterback to get going. And then I think uh, if that's the case, it plays well into Texas's hand. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we have to acknowledge in that conversation, though, is, you know, we've seen Texas defensive backs make open field tackles where we haven't seen them do it before. You've got, you know, guys like, you know, Anthony Cook has made open field tackles. Mm-hmm. Deshaun James has made open field tackles. Jade Barron has made open field tackles. So, like, that is a positive. And hopefully, again, Texas – at the defensive line and linebacker spot can keep them from getting too many second level yards, which has been kind of a deficiency for them. Once that does happen, Texas has improved at least all of the Alabama game, all of the ULM game and the second half of the UTSA game on their one-on-one kind of solo tackling. There have been a ton of broken uh, of missed tackles. I think Texas missed more tackles in the first half of UTSA than in the other 10 quarters combined is what it feels like. And so um, that is a positive improvement for, for a UTS afraid for a Texas tech team that again is going to try to run between the tackles and get, you off schedule uh, and then catch you sleeping because that's that's kind of going to be I think what their plan is going to be uh, and again UTSA found a lot of success in the quick passes as well the, and you've got a, a guy like Donovan Smith who can make that throw so I think you're going to see some of that so that's going to be the matchup that I'm watching is like how how does Texas neutralize those quick passes because Tech is obviously going to want to get out of the ball of his, get the ball out of his hands quickly yeah I think I think you're exactly right I think that's where you watch I think um chance for Texas playmakers, a chance for Texas defensive line, uh, you know, a chance for probably won't have linebackers with 15 tackles this week. You, you could. Don't you doubt Jalen Ford. I mean, I would love it, um, but you might see, uh, you know, more tackles in the secondary with, with their, if they're spreading out and passing. Um, and again, that's like you said, with sure tacklers, you know, Cook and Watson and, and guys all around. Um, but, you know, prove me wrong. We, this could also be a week where, uh, when Overshone comes back in the second half and is really looking to make a play, he jumps one of those routes, right? He had a good breakup against UTSA. Does he try to get that interception because he knows it's a quarterback? Hopefully by the second half they're, they're passing because they're behind. Um, but it's a quarterback who, who is susceptible and who you know is going to be pushing it a little bit. I could see him being a guy who slips underneath a route. So um, he almost jumped one against Alabama actually. He, he had, a, had a good read on it. But uh, yeah, I think, I think he might be due. So um, I really hope Overshown just shows out in the second half just to just because his name needs to be in the news for good reasons. But anyways, uh, <laughs> feel confident about our defense again. Just need to see it show up. Just can you the same way you do with Big Bertha and the helmets and the pads? Can you package that up, put it on a bus or a plane and get it out to West Texas and do just what you've done? Right. Can you just do it? We're not asking. Can you get significantly better in the in week four? Can you just do what you've done? Can you maintain? Can you get pressure? Can you maintain discipline? You know, can you continue to do those things? Can you bounce back when you don't, when you have a bad drive, when you give up a 20 play drive, right? And let a team march down and can you bounce back? They've done it so far this year. And so this will be the test of, is this real? Take it on the road and make it happen. I really want DeMarvey and Overshone to come out of halftime like when you tag, when like in the old WWE, <laughs> when they tag your tag team partner in and you just come in and clear clear the yeah. clear the ring or like Stone Cold coming out from backstage yeah. stomping on those bad knees. Just just throwing out throwing out uh, flying clotheslines to about somehow there's nine guys in the ring just jumping up in time to get uh, flipped. Send, oh. them, send them over the top rope, Demo. <laughs> we can't wait to see you back. So moving on to the Texas Tech defense and the matchup uh, against the Texas offense, we still don't know who, who the quarterback is going to be for the Longhorn. Steve Sarkeesian has been uh, rather coy once again with the quarterback situation. He did uh, let slip that all three of them were taking snaps and practicing this week. So that's a positive, but who knows what it's going to be. My inclination, if Quinn Ewers is not 100%, let him take another week off. I would rather Quinn Ewers be 100% for OU than be 75% for Texas Tech and, and uh, risk re-injuring 
That's just my personal opinion. You can have your own. But on the Texas Tech defense, they're giving up 4.6 points per opportunity, which is rather high, giving up 211 yards per game in the passing. Uh, passing game, 7.4 yards for completion. They're not great against the run. I'm just going to go and say it. They're not great against the run. Uh, they're stuffing opponents at just a 14% rate, which is very low. Uh, 3.1 line yards per rush again. That's pretty solid. You, again, you want to be like three and a half-ish. Uh, just 23 tackles for loss per season uh, for the season, which seems high until you talk about the fact that uh, 13 of them came against Murray State. They've just had 10 in the last two games, and they played somebody with a pulse. And unfortunately, linebacker Bryce Ramirez is going to be uh, out this week. He was hospitalized with an injury. Actually did not travel back with the team because he needed to have surgery to repair that. So our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Uh, but we hope that uh, he we hope he gets back and fully recovers from that. It's never good to see somebody go down like that. Yeah, it looked a nasty one. I, I, I do think, Gerald, the appropriate caveats are given. Like, the fact that they started the season against a team that only is allowed to recruit and play guys named Murray just feels like, you know, you're definitely going to beat them, right? Like, when's the last uh, Murray first name, right? I'm thinking, you know, old Jewish actor here, not uh, Latavius Murray or anything. This is this is uh, a guy named Murray. When have you known someone? So, no, I'm kidding. Uh, the, the three tackles for loss against U of H, seven against NC State makes me feel like, you know, average it out. They, they like to get a little pressure. They're going to try to do it, but maybe aren't really great at it. It. They may have two or three or four against Texas if they're if they're coming for Bijan or they're coming uh, to create havoc to try to stop some of the kind of uh, motion eye distraction stuff that Sark is going to do. Um, Sark's been doing a lot of max protect um, in the first few weeks. I'm curious if that'll continue uh, against Tech's front seven. Um, I, I do think that what we have seen be a factor is that if it's either quarterback, but especially if it's card. It's effectively, you know, Worthy is going to be one-on-one -on -one, uh, a win, right? He will beat whoever in, in Tech, I don't think, has anyone who, who makes this not the case, but he will beat whoever is one-on-one -on -one with him if you're, if you're, you know, only running three or four guys out there on a route. Can the quarterback get it to him? Can Izuers healthy enough? Can Card is he healthy enough? Can he, uh, you know, get it outside the hash to Worthy? And can we hit some of those explosive plays? If not, they're going to crash the box like UTSA did in the first half, like Alabama did, honestly, um, all game against Bijan. And and that's, I mean, it's not even a, a complicated strategy, right? That's what Tech will be doing. They will be saying. We're going to put a bunch of guys and, and try to crash immediately at the point of contact and try to close this, this you know, uh, this box down where Bijan doesn't have the chance. You saw another one uh, against UTSA. There was a, a clip that went around uh, today, I believe, where, where the All-22 had Bijan in a hole one-on-one with a linebacker where uh, a lineman didn't get up to, to, to blow the first guy off. And he put about nine shakes in the, in the space of a yard. And it wasn't like a big run, but it was just majestic how he was able to yeah. create space in such tight space. I mean, it's just crazy what he can do. He just needs a little, um, but I think tech is going to try to, to make him do that. Right. Fight a lot, move a lot, uh, shimmy and, and, and shake and, and keep it all within five yards. Right. It's hard to do that for a whole game against Bijan. He will wriggle one out. But again, if Texas could hit the deep ball, which I think it's not just worthy, right? I, I do think that, Whittington can do a lot um, against this against this defense. I think um, you know Jatavian Sanders in the in game one showed what he can do. 
he was there all day against UTSA if we were going to drop back just on the check down stuff like let him eat let him run um you know take take four yards to him and and, and let him see if he can break something right he's, he's fast enough and strong enough um so I'm, I'm very curious to see if we get him involved um but either way I mean we're gonna we're just gonna be a heavy heavy run game I I, I think um but I, I do hope I want to see some balance. I don't know that if we don't have it in this game, it is the death knell. But if we don't have it for the next couple games, that is a little worrying as we get all our quarterbacks healthy. I, I do think, you know, we, we don't make it through where we want to be in the Big 12 if we're truly just relying on Bijan and Roshan, good as they are. Yeah, as you get deeper into the Big 12, you've got to be able to to, to do both. And again, I think that's part of why I want I want. Sark and the staff to be cautious as they talk about bringing Ewers back up to full speed. Uh, Quinn Ewers very clearly is the truth. Like, there's no two ways around it. Like, fans from around the country who normally will take any opportunity to crap on Texas are very much like, yes, Quinn Ewers is him. And I think that, that so that to me, if you can lean on Bijan for another week, if you can lean on Roshan for another week, if Hudson Card can come out and gut it out again for another week, you're going to need Quinn, you're going to need Quinn's arm against OU. You're going to need Quinn's arm against Oklahoma State in a couple of weeks. And so, Again, I and and I mean this as a positive. Quinn Ewers is a tough some gun, and he has played through injuries. You saw him in the state championship game playing with cracked ribs and a broken leg. Like all of these things are um, are, are you want a quarterback to be tough, but coaches have to protect the player and the team from themselves, right? You have to protect him from himself because he wants to go out there and play. And I love that, but if you're not 100 percent and you re-injure that. That's a that's not a good look. And, and again, the tech passing defense um, is is a it's a pretty stingy group. They've got two guys over the top, uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson and Reggie Pearson, who do a really good job of keeping um, for the most part stuff in front of them. Now, Tech actually does give up quite a few explosive touchdowns uh, through the passing game, but overall, when you think about it. Um, Having that experience up top, they're going to put coverage over Xavier Worthy. They're going to try to limit it, and they're going to make Texas play everything in front of them, which actually I think plays into Hudson Card's strengths a little bit. He's not the best at pushing it down the field, but if you give him a tight end coming across the middle, you give him mesh to play with, I think he's going to do okay. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and that's the thing, right? Like Army threw for 300 yards against UTSA, and and Texas wasn't forced to to come out and try to do that, Um, but they also didn't take it you know, when it was there in the first half, um, they didn't really try it in the second half. Um, Tech equally, they're only giving up 211, but they're giving up 7.4 yards per completion. There's there's some there's some meat on that bone, right? And I think if, if we're talking about a healthy Quinn Ewers coming into his fourth game, we're talking about this one a little bit differently, right? I think um, that chance to have explosive plays, to maybe have, hey, uh, y'all want to double over uh, uh Xavier Worthy, great. Yeah, we don't have Isaiah Nair. He's hurt. But we have a guy named Casey Kane who's looking to break out, right? Like, we have, uh, you know, some multiples of tight ends who, you know, really want to get the ball in their hands. Uh, I, I do think that Whittington, people forget how stinking good he is, how much he can do. Very good. Um, you know, a healthy Whittington is is an, is an NFL guy. And so, I, I, I like... We're blessed to have Xavier Worthy. If he didn't, everyone on Longhorn Twitter would be, you know, writing uh, poems about how good Whittington is in the past game because he is. But I'm glad he's our number two. That's great. Um, but you know, he, he's very good. So there, there's there's weapons to um, attack it again. Does Texas have to? Do they have to draw something up? Uh, you know, do they do they have to push it? Do they have to attack it? I think Sark will come out with a beautiful script as he always does. They'll get some things going, um, and then we'll see where we're at. Right, where in the game is it? Just one where we're gonna be, 
getting multiple running backs going and we're going to just kind of lean on them? Is it going to be one where we're in a, a dogfight? Like there's been years when tech's not great, but they make it a shootout for us, right? That's how we get to 70 on them. Um, but I think this defense <laughs> is a little bit improved. I think Joey McGuire came in and said that's not okay. And I think this defense isn't a I, we give up 70. They might very well be we give up 42, but they're not probably a we give up 70 defense. So it'll be curious to see how Texas attacks it because I think – with the right scheme, you can attack it either way. I think there are there are ways to attack this defense on the ground with great success, but I really do think there is some, if we have uh, a quarterback healthy enough and confident enough, there is some, some meat on the bone to attack through the air and, and have great success. So let's talk about the through-the-air success for Texas and switch over to Podstradamus picks. Kyle, as we think about Texas going into Lubbock, what is your first Podstradamus pick for Saturday? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I hinted at it, right? I, I very much think there will be some passing coming here. I do think that Xavier Worthy is better than any defensive back he's faced so far this year. And, of course, that includes Alabama. We watched him roast him all year. But the poor guy has not been able to secure a touchdown yet. He's had a couple diving balls in the end zone that just couldn't come up right a couple deep shots that just landed on the inside of a receiver that he couldn't even you know attempt to get so uh he's been i think he got ta- face mask tackled on like the two by alabama he's been close um but i think this is the week i think xavier worthy gets his first touchdown in the year okay and you know what kyle that um, goes pretty well with mine. Like I, I mentioned it and alluded to it as well. Texas Tech gives up quite ex, uh, quite a few explosive passing plays, uh, especially when you think when you look at these last two games that they've played. So I actually have Texas with two explosive passes that are completions of longer than twenty five yards. And again, I think if yours hits, uh, half of mine does. Yeah, and, and I tried last week with the with the long passes, so I hope you have more luck. Um, you know, if it's a healthier card or a healthier, you know, yours or or give me the wildcat for for thirty yards. I don't know. Uh, I hope it. I hope it happens because I. I mean, the yak counts, right? Like if if somebody gets catches it five yards and then goes sixty. That still counts. Oh, believe me, last <laughs> week, if, if, if uh, they could have stretched any of those, I, I was absolutely counting it. Um, so so for, for the other side, again, I think I tip my hand on this one as well. Um, I think Texas is going to get after that tail because I think that's the way that you beat this Tech team uh, without, you know, letting them get close, right? You get after them early, you get after them often. Donovan Smith on the ground, big guy, get him on the ground. Um, I think I called it in week one with two sacks. I think none of us saw it coming against Alabama where they got pressures all day. Um, and as slippery as Frank Harris is, you, you got your two sacks via my benevolence. So I'm going to up it one this week. Three sacks for the Texas defense against the Red Raiders. It, Donovan Smith is a hard guy to bring down, but I think Texas is going to be pretty. I think it'll be pretty significant in the game plan. So I, uh, Texas currently has the most non-offensive touchdowns since 2017. They're tied with the 2017 season with three through three games, and I think Texas is going to get their fourth non-offensive touchdown this week. Whether it's a return touchdown, whether it's a pick six, whether it's a punt block, I don't know. Maybe they'll get froggy again, but Texas has some sort of non-offensive touchdown this week. Gerald, I just want you to know, this is why I'm so good at this game. If they do get a non-offensive touchdown that is a punt return, and it's Xavier Worthy who returns it, you'll notice that the way I worded mine was just that X gets his <laughs> touchdown. So, um, again, you know, there is... Mutually assured, baby. <laughs> 
mutually assured instruction. It's not destruction. We're, we're uplifting here. No, I like that. Gerald, I did have a quick trivia for you. We're talking about, you know, uh, some players who were in award conversation come end of year. We're in award conversation last year on this Texas team. Do you know the last Texas Tech player to win a national award? Uh, my gut says, like, mm, Crabtree, maybe? You are not wrong, sir. 2008, uh, I would have Shoot. taken either Crabtree or his quarterback who won something called the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Um, 2008, that is, there are, there are people who graduated high school that year who have kids who are, <laughs> you know, ready to go to college. I don't know if that exactly works out, but somewhere in that, that range. Um, you're in their mid-30s now if you graduated in 2008. So uh, that's a long time. It's a long time. Uh, for a team that, you know, uh, talks a lot, of, chirps a lot. Um, Texas has had a few awards since then, don't you worry. We have Michael Dixon as well, so of course we've had some. But, uh, and Dante Foreman, come on, Dope Walker. Uh, but yes, yes, <laughs> it is It is uh, slim pickings on the planes. We'll be back on Saturday immediately following the game for our live stream. You can catch it on Twitter and Facebook. We'd love to have you as a part of that. We'll also post it to the podcast feed so you can catch that on Saturday night slash Sunday morning, depending on how well my kids cooperate but it'll be in your podcast feed this weekend and then we'll be back and remember on tuesday for our full recap and next thursday for our next game preview episode all right gerald now let's take a look at the world there's some burnt orange lenses and we get to start this one with a little bit of campus news before we go to the wider world of sports um number 15 women's golf with their second tournament in what feels like like four days um it takes second for the second time this year in the mo Memorial Tournament in College Station. Um, Texas looked good. Coach seemed like he thought they could have won, should have won. Second ain't bad. You know, it's it's the fall. Uh, you're, you're getting sharp. Uh, what I did like to see was that there were multiple uh, players. It's not just a Bo Park show. In fact, uh, Sophie Guau uh, set a Mo Memorial Invitational record for 36 holes after the opening day of the tournament with nine under 135. So she came out on fire. It's good to see the Texas women's golf team back to, to where I think we expect them to be. Uh, this is a nationally relevant program each and every year. And so uh, getting getting if they're playing this well in like the tune up fall season, I'm really excited to see how they play in the spring. That's right. Yeah. Um, top 10 finishes around. Uh, so it's 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 good. Also good on the 40 acres, a team that's that's ranked uh, top 25 is women's soccer. Trinity Byers named the Big 12 Player of the Week. She uh, had some many goals and also had some big ones, uh, scratching out a point in the 86th minute this week. Um, just that that sophomore class continues to be absolute nails for this Texas program. It's a relatively young program, and I think Texas is finally getting like to be Texas in the soccer program. You know, Missimo, Alexi Missimo is like up to third all time in assists. And, and Texas has really started to hit its stride recruiting in soccer and they're starting to get competitive. And the Big 12 is a really good soccer conference. And so it's competitive and they're kind of cutting their teeth against some of the better teams in the country. And so seeing this development is probably not surprising, but it's I'm, I'm very happy to see it. Yeah, top uh, 15, top 20 matchup against TCU coming up. So uh, that will be a, a good test to see. Uh, where both these teams rank. So let's talk about some players who have made their way from 
the 40 acres now we like to do our nfl longhorns recap we're gonna start it where we started last week right devin duvernay last week uh did it through the air uh came into the into this uh week leading the league in touchdown receptions greater than 20 yards both his touchdowns last week were greater than 20 and he had a touchdown this week way way more than 20 yards it was a kick return but the opening kick of the game 103 yards to the house Devin really is the dude I mean he has really come on and he's been uh, a you know Lamar Jackson's in a contract year and so he's doing everything he can to help get his quarterback paid it's pretty impressive to see what he's doing and and again your Baltimore Ravens are, are, are kind of hot right now granted they uh, they lost to my Miami Dolphins but there's a lot of opportunities to win that game yeah absolutely the that was the uh, we watch football on on Saturdays and, and Sundays if we can bowl uh, between Kyle and Gerald um, it was a great game though I, I caught uh, a decent a chunk of it uh, probably about a, a quarter and a half it was it was a good game very good game unfortunately uh, Ravens lost but not because of Justin Tucker he also made all of his kicks um, also in the NFL Jordan Hicks got his uh, first interception I believe on the year two uh, three tackles one pass breakup and a pick so got a shout our guy out um, and then just a couple defensive backs from DBU doing what they do Caden Stearns Deshaun Elliott and Quandary the Giant racking up six tackles each and Stearns is an interesting one because our guy from the greater SCUCISD is basically replacing all pro safety Justin Simmons on the IR so at least four weeks uh, Stearns will get the start at free safety um, and this is his chance to to make his position permanent make it his own and he's looked up to the challenge. Caden Stearns is a guy who came in with a lot of uh, hype and a, and a lot of NFL uh, potential and glad, I'm glad to see him uh, living up to that and there was there was a um, there's a really cool pick of the Texas uh, Seattle Seahawks players and the Denver Broncos players. There's like a ton of them on the both of those teams combined. Uh, so I loved love getting to see that. Eight. Eight in that picture, which is such a cool thing. Eight Longhorns in an NFL game. And all of them contribute. All I think like seven out of eight started. So uh, really awesome to see. Couple coaching uh, items we'll, we'll wrap up here. Uh, women's basketball officially has another Schaefer on the staff, Blair Schaefer, who's been director of operations for the past two years, was promoted to assistant coach. We're excited. We like we like all the Schaefers, but I think Blair is pretty awesome. So um, definitely, the apple doesn't fall from far from the tree, and you know, Vic would not have let her just have this on name alone. She worked her butt off and earned it. Yeah, he's not the kind of dad who's going to give you a job just because you. Uh just because you're his daughter. Like he's de- definitely the type to make you earn it. And she has earned it. She's been a worker. She's been a grinder. She's done a lot uh, running that program for him. And, and a lot of those like player personnel uh, staff members are actively kind of involved in the player development and the player coaching. So she's, the players know her. It's a really easy and seamless transition for them. So there, it, there's, it's a win, 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 I think uh, for, for Texas. Also in the, uh, in the coaching news, softball announces Steve Singleton promoted to associate Head coach, um, three seasons as an assistant on the Texas staff. He served as the hitting coach, the infield instructor, and head recruiter. Um, and, I mean, has really played a, a huge part in that Cinderella run that they had to the championship game last year. I think uh, Coach White trusts uh, Steve a lot. And, you know, as good as he is as a coach, even better recruiter. So it doesn't hurt to have a little extra clout behind your name uh, to keep one of the better recruiters in 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 college softball. Yeah. I mean, Texas is, has really in the last couple of seasons, um, like put a lot of ink in the offensive, uh, 
record book. So it's been an impressive run. Like you said, he's a great he's a great recruiter for them. So I am uh, stoked to see what they can do under his full time tutelage. Toot toot. Uh, let's keep it moving, Gerald. Eleven Longhorns named to sorry, I'm a child. The USA swimming national team eight men, three women on the 2022-23 uh, roster men's squad, featuring five current Longhorns: Carson Foster, David Johnson, Jake Foster, Luke Hobson, Alec Enyart, and a trio of Texas X's and Drew Kibler, Will Lacone, and Sam Stewart. With eight on the men's side, Texas is the largest representation of any program in the nation. Not a surprising stat. We are the Joneses of swimming specifically don't want to leave out the women's side current long runs Kelly Pash, Lydia Jacoby and Dakota Luther all representing the U.S. this coming year we run the natatorium natties in the natty uh Gerald let's send it on home what are you watching on your giant screen let's take it to Godzillatron yeah, so I was traveling last week for work, and so um, I got to, uh, I was privileged and blessed enough to be able to watch uh, Morbius uh, on a flight from uh, from my home to where I was going for work, and so uh, that movie is absolutely terrible. I've uh, just got awful. Do not, and if you liked it, that's fine. Like, there, there's a difference between, like, a movie being like a movie being bad and you liking a movie, those two things are not mutually exclusive. There are a lot of terrible movies that I like, uh, but it did not do it for me. It's so weird how bad Matt Smith can be in things because he's so good, but like he has done, and maybe he's just a TV guy. I don't know. I haven't seen him be good in a movie, but he's great on TV. So uh, it's fine. And then I listen to, I, I'm an audiobook person as well. Uh, I love audiobooks. You probably heard me talk about it as well, but there's a, um, a book called legends and lattes, which is, um, it's it's like a break from most of like your normal fantasy stuff. It's about a an adventurer who's tired of adventuring, and so uh, she quits adventuring and takes all of her earnings and opens up the first ever coffee shop. And so it's just about like her trying to get a business off the ground. And there's obviously some complications that come up. There are people that are trying to sabotage her business and blah 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 blah. But it's it's a super quick read. It's super fun. Like it's pretty chill. They talk a lot about coffee and baked goods, which I always appreciate in a book. They like they almost fetishize some like cinnamon rolls, and I'm like that like if you change some of those words around that might be explicit but it's about cinnamon rolls uh so it's totally fine we're all happy about it but it was a it was a fun read it was a cool read uh, i enjoyed it it was gr- really interesting like character study a small cast i really appreciated that book i'm uh i'm thinking of changing all my standing uh coffee ketchups uh, that i have scheduled with people on the calendar to legends and lattes um absolute legend mate um gerald i know speaking of matt smith you're watching House of Dragon. It's it's mid it's midway through the season. It's hard to know exactly where they're going. They're doing time jumping, but without spoiling anything, you're one of my best friends in the world. At my wedding, of course. How much would I have to pay you to attend my wedding if it were set in the Game of Thrones universe? You could not pay me enough <laughs> to do that. No way. Fair. Fair enough. No um, way. Like, is, it, something always terrible always happens. There was a red wedding in Game of Thrones and, and others. Um, I, I haven't heard the a... blue wedding. Don't forget the blue of wedding. Of course. You're right. And the blue wedding. I haven't heard a, a nickname uh, for for this one. Um, spoilers, right? But it could yeah. be the white wedding. I guess it could. Well, that would be ironic. But yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> all right. It's a nice day for a white wedding. Joe, the other thing that I watched um, this week that... I just started kind of out of the blue again. My wife was uh, otherwise preoccupied, and I don't have that many shows I watch on my own. So I, I, I was flipping through HBO and saw Hard Knocks. I haven't watched probably in 
four or five years. It's been a while since I've watched a Hard Knocks. But uh, this is the Detroit Lions, and I am shocked at how enjoyable it is. The the coach, unfortunately, is uh, is an Aggie alum. Big Dan Campbell is on the Cowboys as a tight end. He played on a lot of teams, actually. But um, he's unfortunately lovable. And, like, their whole coaching staff is former players who you recognize. Aaron Glenn, Deuce Staley, Antoine Randall-L., um, Hank Fraley. It's like all these guys, these names you, you've heard or played Madden with for years. And so it's like kind of fun. Um, and their roster is a bunch of like upstarts. There's no like big superstar except their rookie, who obviously rookies get a lot of play. So Aiden Hutchinson is surprisingly likable. I didn't think I would. Um, he's like a less, a less all shucksy JJ Watt. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've actually enjoyed it. I think I have one more episode left. I think I'm through four. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, surprisingly a good hang i i like i i'm always on the bandwagon of like i feel like i should watch hard docs and then i never do i don't know why i don't i just don't it it, it happens but i i've heard nothing but good things and any idea like there are a lot of football people that respect dan campbell and so like it's hard for me not to respect dan campbell like you and i know aggies that are good aggies and, and you know it's fine yeah, he's he's one. I think that's what they mean when they say you're a two percenter. You're one of the two percent of Aggies who are who are decent. Um, that I can stand. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where the the phrase comes from. And that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook up. Hook up. And again, I say to you, free demo. Free demo.